Welcome to Therapy is Cool. I'm your host, Molly Zive. I'm a licensed clinical social worker and mental health advocate. This podcast aims to normalize feelings and create a positive narrative around engaging in a healing process. This is not to substitute for therapy. If you want to find out more, please go to therapyiscoolpodcast.com. Please rate, subscribe, and share. Take care. Welcome to Therapy is Cool. Thank you so much for being with me today. This is such an exciting episode where we talk about a lot. And at the beginning of our episode, we launch right into a meditation. And it's really beautiful and powerful. So be prepared for that. I wanted to give a quick intro about the ladies from Wellness on the Farm. Kristen and Amanda are the founders of Wellness on the Farm. They are meditation teachers and podcasters whose mission is to create an inclusive, authentic, and judgment-free space to explore meditation and share powerful stories. They, in my opinion, are also activists. They do really meaningful work for this world. And fun fact, they're also from Canada. They're my first international guest. I just realized as I said that out loud. So let's go ahead and get started. The beginning of our interview is a meditation. So get cozy, put on your headphones, get quiet for just a few moments of blissful meditation led by the beautiful women of Wellness on the Farm. Thank you so much for being on the show today. I am just so delighted to have you. We started our podcast at the same exact time, literally launched it. And so you guys are my podcast sisters. Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much for having us here. Thank you so much. We've been looking forward to chatting with you today. Oh, likewise. So y'all are professional meditation teachers, and I thought it'd be really fun to start off the episode with a brief meditation. So do you think you can guide us through something? Yeah, for sure. So we have a little thank you meditation. And for us in the last year, gratitude has been a huge, huge topic that we've really kind of had to lean into ourselves and then also kind of help our community lean into as well. Mm. So this is a quick little reminder to give thanks to everything. Mm -hmm. So let's just take a moment, taking a nice deep breath in through your nose and then a long, slow exhale out through your mouth. Allow the breath to move through you naturally without forcing it or trying to change your natural rhythm. Letting your breath lift your chest and then your belly on the inhale. And the exhale allows your belly to fall and your chest to lower. Thank you to all of the things that have changed me in life. Thank you to all of the challenges that have taught me more about myself, that have pushed me further than I ever thought that I could go. Thank you to the people in my life who have supported me and those who haven't. Both of you have helped me along my path in ways that I'm continuing to understand even now. Thank you for all of the good days, the days filled with sunshine and joy, but I'd like to thank the bad days too. You provided with your contrast lessons that I may not have learned otherwise. Thank you to the generations and generations before me that not only survived, but also thrived so that I could be here now. Thank you to my sorrow. Thank you to my pain. Thank you to the space within me that calls out for change in whispers and sometimes in shouts. 
thank you to the deep knowing that although at times ignored, continues to speak to me in ways that I am always learning to understand. Thank you to my past, my present, and my future. May I learn from the past, live in the present, and manifest the future. Thank you to the friends that have walked with me on the straight roads and those that have stuck with me down winding paths and those who have deserted me when there seemed to be no way through the forest. I hope we have learned from each other. Thank you to the sunrise. Thank you to the sunset. And I thank all of the time in between for showing me the length of a day, for allowing me to gather one day at a time and call it a life. Thank you to myself for living in glory, pain, struggle, and joy. For leaning into empathy and compassion. Thank you for doing what you could when you could. Thank you to love. Thank you to trees for showing me how to stay grounded. Thank you for the wisdom of all of those who have come before me. Thank you to sunshine and late nights and the beauty of a field of grass all moving in time to a gentle wind. Thank you for kindness. I move forward through my day feeling clear headed and well connected, transforming fear into curiosity, struggle into compassion and worry into momentum. Let's take a collective deep breath in through our noses and then a long and slow exhale coming out with a sigh. Whenever you're ready, you can come back to your body, your present moment, and if you've shut your eyes, you can open them slowly back up. Wow, wow, wow. I want to start every podcast that way. That is, <laughs> I feel incredibly grounded. And there was just so much wisdom in all of that. I love that you not only acknowledge the amazing things that happen in our lives, but also the really difficult things that happen in our lives. And I think there's room for all of it. And if we can find a way to help them coexist, we -hmm. can be happier, healthier people. So thank you. Oh, you're so welcome. We are everything. We're our light and our shadows. Yeah. I used to be so scared of my shadow self and I'm coming into that more, leaning into it. So I feel really calm. I'm so excited for this interview. Uh, I feel like my voice has even changed because I'm calmer. So mm-hmm. there's so much where to even begin. I I am so fascinated by wellness on the farm. Like what what is that? What was your mission? Tell me everything. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's been a journey. It's been quite a journey. Yeah. We have a really interesting kind of origin story. Mm-hmm. Um, which yeah, which we can definitely share. So Amanda and I both at this roughly the same time, Mm -hmm. but very separately went through kind of extreme life changing trauma. And we both tried really, really hard to heal on our own. And we both 
collectively came to the decision that we needed to invite somebody else into our healing process for it actually to continue. Mm-hmm. Um, and we kind of invited each other in to our healing process. Um, yeah, it was a very interesting organic and you know, there was never a conversation of, Hey, I need help in my healing, but we, yeah, we kind of simultaneously started reaching out and yeah. wove one another into our healing. Well, journeys. and it's kind of, it has a lot to do with a little miniature horse named Chester. Oh, <laughs> wait. Okay. So pause really quickly. Were you guys yeah. friends before this? We were like acquaintances. Yeah. Amanda had built a website for me. Um, So we knew each other and we liked each other, but we would kind of check in like Mm -hmm. once every six months kind of thing. We weren't really connected. Mm -hmm. Um, But then I, so I have four now um, little rescue horses on a little farm. And I had this miniature horse that had been given to me by a rescue because he was too traumatized for the rescue. And so I took him and I was working with him, but he was not doing super well. Like he was, it was a lot of work and Mm -hmm. he still had some really reactionary issues. And Amanda had lost a horse at her farm and her one kind of remaining horse was freaking out without a friend. Yeah. Mm. She was desperately in need of a companion. And the day this other horse passed away is one of the days that after months of us not really chatting, Kristen happened to reach out and say, hey, how are you? Let's get together and have coffee. It's been a while. And so I let her in on what was going on and how difficult the situation was for this one horse to be left alone. And so she kind of, I think maybe jokingly jokingly. at first said, well, I could maybe lend you one of mine. I've like, do you want Chester? He's really bitey, but like. And we're talking like (laughs) trying to bite people's faces off. Mm. And I was like, do you, do you want, like you could take Chester, ha ha ha, like hilarious. And Amanda was like, yep, yeah, I'll take him. I'll come pick him like, up tomorrow. When can I pick him up? I yeah. will get a trailer and I will come pick him up. You are my savior right now. So oh. she came, she picked up Mr. Bitey Face <laughs> and took him to her barn. And it was like so needed. Her other horse relaxed. Oh yeah. It was fine. Everything was fine. Um, but then we just started connecting because I would check on in to see how Chester was Mm -hmm. we started to have these long intense conversations about Mm -hmm. the traumas that we've both been going through and realized that this at this point in our lives this might be the only other person that can fully recognize and realize how hard it is to heal from something like this Mm. Mm-hmm. And so we started to get together to meditate on my farm and just ended up having the craziest experiences with mm-hmm. the horses, loving the meditation and loving just us relaxing our brains. It made our presence so much more beautiful for them to be around. Yeah. Yeah, it started becoming, I think, also a bit of a healing experience for them as well as they were moving through some different things of, you know, on their own and within their extended herd as well. Like there was a passing of another horse on the property and really grieving a lot of grieving that was. Yeah. yeah, it was really beautiful to witness them choosing to come into our space as we were meditating and to come in to drop into that space as well. And they were like lying down, like flat out having naps. Like wait, they would wait, all- wait. hold on. Yeah. Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you. So I'm, I didn't grow up around horses. I don't know anything about horses, but they don't lay down, right? They do, but not often. Um, they'll lay down to sleep for maybe like a couple hours and a 24 hour period and little chunks, but they will only ever do it if they feel completely safe 
and they usually still have one or two herd members on the lookout because they are prey animals. It's such a vulnerable thing for them to do to, to lay down and to completely yeah. go to sleep. I don't think I've ever seen a horse laying down. So that's why I was like, hold the phone. Is this yeah. normal? <laughs> Yeah, except we as humans are generally our our the our brain waves are in what's considered a predatory brain wave. Mm -hmm. um, just because we as humans are predators, right? Um, and so, right? <laughs> so we are in a predatory brain wave. So for the horses to relax around us, be completely calm means that through meditation, we've actually been able to alter our brain waves into those deep meditative brain waves mm -hmm. that allow us to not be viewed as predators. My mind is blown right now. Can you, can we just pause for a second? I didn't even, so we have a cat in my house who's very neurotic and yeah. very anxious, but when we relax, he totally different temperament. So I know exactly what you're talking about and animals picking up on the energy but it's just like so profound and, and drastic, it sounds like, the way that they picked up on your energy and the relationship between both you and the horses. Yeah. yeah. Well, and especially if you think of a lot of the horses, like a few of the horses on my property have come out of abusive situations. So the fact that they could then, like through meditation, my one horse specifically, we were able to show her that humans aren't scary. They aren't terrifying because I couldn't even touch her. So she learned that she could trust humans. She could be around us. But to this day, if someone comes to my farm and they, their brain is all over the place, uh, she will refuse to come anywhere near them. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, Hey, you should just take a five minute meditation. Like just sit down, take a few deep breaths and then she'll come over, but she won't when they're in that kind of erratic mindset. Yeah. I'm kind of with her you know, yeah, I, I don't right? know. <laughs> yeah. And then people are always like, oh, well, you should just make her come over. And I'm like, <laughs> I respect her. <laughs> I also yeah, I wish I here when you're like this. <laughs> totally. I love her boundaries. I'm like, I can learn something from this horse. <laughs> Such good yeah. boundaries. And I think it's really important to tell the listeners to where is your farm located? Because you guys aren't close by to me personally. Mm. No, we're on the right. same coast. So we're on the West coast of Canada. And our farm, like we live kind of outside, about an hour outside of Vancouver. People are familiar with Vancouver, but we live kind of in the intersection between the suburbs and farmlands. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's really cool. I, I love Canadians. I don't know an American that doesn't like a Canadian. <laughs> Y'all are so nice and so just great people. And I cannot wait to come visit. I know we've talked yes. about it. So this pandemic needs to move along for a lot of reasons but what exactly. actually visiting the farm so okay so you're okay. meditating with these horses and then how did it expand into a business venture it it turned into a business right yes uh, accidentally at first quite honestly we didn't set out to have a business we didn't set out to create this community um, so we were having these incredible experiences with the horses and we started to kind of think that maybe there were some other people in the community that, or our friends even that would like to come and join us that could yeah. really enjoy the experience as well. So we yeah. kind of gently opened it up to see if anyone in our kind of network wanted to come out and join us. And we started with a few people coming out and then 10 and then 15 and then 20 and then and like groups of 30. 30 and then it got really intense and really really big and we thought that we would it would be like a meditation meetup that like people <laughs> would someone different would lead the meditation every week mm -hmm. and that that's how it would go mm -hmm. but nobody was interested in that everyone wanted us to lead the meditations solely and it got crazy and so a couple of things happened um we just didn't have room for the people that were coming out and then the people that were coming out were incredibly lovely but had varying levels of like social or of like emotional responsibility and we had experiences where people were coming out specifically to kind of do an emotional dump on the horses mm. 
and they're very sensitive to that and so they started saying like no thank you I'm not interested in mm-hmm. in this it got to be too much for them and so we had to fully respect them and also just the property realizing like I don't live there but there is a, is somebody that lives on the property and it was just so many people that we kind of were like okay like that's great that's fine that's what it that it was what it was mm-hmm. and we're done now and this is great and we kind of were like that's it and then <laughs> people freaked out and so this woman we ended up finding a woman who had this space for that she was willing to let people come mm-hmm. and teach in yeah her husband is a contractor and he had built this beautiful healing space on their property maybe 20-ish minutes away from kind of where Kristen's farm is and really close to where we both live as well and she was opening it up to a few different meditation teachers and yoga well, it was teachers. just yoga originally That's it true, was yeah. she only wanted to have yoga instructors there and we reached out and we're like well we're not yoga instructors but like do you want meditation she was like yep yep come on <laughs> down we met her um, and we said, she's like, okay, well, like how many times can you come? And we said like, I don't know, like maybe once every couple of weeks, like a couple times a month. She said, how about every week? We said, um, sure. There's a demand. Yeah, we can do that. <laughs> okay. And then, um, we did get certified as meditation teachers because we're like, okay, well, this is now a thing. Like <laughs> this is an actual thing. Um, and then it went from like one day week to two days a week and then it went to us and filling every single class to capacity and then we had to look at other um venues other venues hefty workshops and and like hefty workshops going to people's like doing people couldn't get into our stuff so they were booking us for like their own private events um we have done we did like a giant sound bath in someone's like beautiful property while like a bear walked behind us we didn't what? know there was just a little extra gonging at that moment <laughs> yeah so we had to like hit the gong so that we scared the bear away do you guys actually have i know this isn't the point of the story but <laughs> do you guys actually have sound bath bowls yes yes yeah yes. we've got a whole collection that's amazing. So a bear walks by. I feel like that's only in Canada. Well, maybe yeah. there's sure parts of the United States, but being in Southern California, I'm like a bear. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. So we, yeah. So that's kind of been our experience. And I can honestly say, and this is what I like we say to people all the time. If we would have sat down and tried to plan out mm-hmm. the next five years of our lives, um, we would never have been able to imagine the absolute like beauty mm-hmm. that like the universe bestowed upon us. I think for yeah. just being kind of open-minded and willing to take some risks, mm-hmm. we would never have been able to envision this life no. for ourselves. And it's been, it's been an incredible journey. Yeah. The absolute best experience that I didn't know I wanted but here we are but you needed you absolutely needed and other people needed it you you were the reason why the community happened right like you were that mechanism and what comes to mind for me is this card in my oracle deck about trusting the path like Mm -hmm. if we know what if we just wait till we have this fully formulated five-year plan, we'll never take that first step. But you guys trust that path and you just like really leaned into some of those things. And it sounds like people came out of the woodworks trying to help you along your way. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing I will say that we, that we did is when Amanda and I were kind of like in the process of our own healing, we went to a bunch of different events and we were really searching for a community Mm -hmm. and we didn't find it. Yeah. So you created it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was an interesting experience for us. And it was, it was difficult. We went and kind of explored a few different, several different groups and it, none of them really felt welcoming or yeah. inclusive or accepting of us the way we the were. way we were. And there was, it felt like there was caveats and there was ways like I'm covered in tattoos. I swear I'm weird. I like, <laughs> you know we like to laugh before a meditation begins we're chatting we're joking we're laughing having fun 
once the meditation begins, we're all about it and we're, we are fully in it. But a lot of people didn't enjoy us the joy beforehand. Yeah. yeah. And it seemed to be that there was a lot of kind of judgment within that community and, and, mm-hmm. um, prescribing to the idea that, that wellness, health, meditation, all of these things look a very particular way. And we did not fit into those ideals. We still, I still wanted to, you're good, but I still wanted to swear. Um, and, you know, and so we just, we're kind of like, we don't fit in this, in this box of what wellness is supposed to look like, of what meditation is supposed to look like, of what um, spirituality is mm-hmm. supposed to look like. And because we couldn't find that space for ourselves, thankfully, instead of trying to make ourselves fit into that box, we're just like, well, we're going to create a whole new, mm-hmm. whole new space, a whole new space that isn't a box that's inclusive and welcoming of everyone no matter where they are in their journey, Mm -hmm. no matter how they look, no matter how they relate to meditation, health or wellness, um, any, any of this stuff. And so I, Mm -hmm. yeah, that's hopefully what we're (laughs) continuing to create every day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's really inspiring. And I think it's super relatable. I think a lot of people can relate to that. I know I could, and we've talked about my mental health journey and the underbelly of the mental health system and working in these agencies that I kept forcing myself into because one thing or another, you know, I had to earn a paycheck. I had to make a living. I had to get licensed. And so I kind of took these jobs that were so out of alignment. And then once I did private practice, like the swarm of people who related to me just came through and I'm fully booked. And like, you know, I think that when you put yourself out there in an authentic way, it attracts that same sort of person. And it, And you both do such a good job of making other people feel so comfortable that it allows people to be who they are and like want to show up for themselves because you're being yourself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It's true. So you created this community and then I imagine the pandemic kind of changed things. So tell me about how, cause the podcast came out, like how did you pivot during oh. times oh. where you weren't able to all meet on this wonderful farm? Yeah. So we did start our podcast sort of in the first wave of kind of lockdown in BC where things were a lot more restricted. Um, and that really was kind of the idea for that was born essentially out of all of the conversations and interactions we'd had with our community over, you know, the year or so beforehand, there were so many people that would come and chat to us, you know, after a meditation, or they'd be talking to us before they came out because they felt nervous or unsure about even taking that first step. And so many people were talking about these things that had happened in their life and these things that they were struggling with and things that they were trying to overcome and they felt so alone and so many people expressed feelings of shame or embarrassment about these things that they were dealing with because they felt like they were the only ones and that they couldn't talk about it to anyone else but over the year we kept hearing so many similar things being shared with us that we really started to realize that like we wanted to have a platform where people could share their stories and they could share the really messy, ugly, gross, uncomfortable middle that we don't see on social media Yeah, that we never see portrayed on social media so that they know they're not alone. There is somebody else that has gone through something similar. There's somebody that can relate. And if your wellness journey is uncomfortable as heck at points and it's ugly and you are bawling on the floor in your shower and there's snot everywhere, like, it's you're, fine. you're totally fine. You're fine. Like you are not doing it wrong. You're not like screwing up healing. Like you are exactly where you need to be and you are okay. And you can talk about it and you can, you can reach out for help. So so that's kind of, yeah. (laughs) 
That's very reassuring. It is really reassuring. I know that, you know, um, working in substance abuse, they often say the relapse is part of the recovery, right? Like those hard times and those, well, I thought I was already over this. I thought I, I thought I already healed from this. Why am I sobbing on the floor, like not able to get myself together? And I would argue that's part of the recovery because you're building more self-awareness. You're building like, okay, well, what did I do that kind of got me back to this place? And what behavior do I need to change? What insight, what can I learn from this relapse? Or what can I, and it doesn't have to be substances, obviously. It can be an emotional relapse. It could be the, the depression coming back, the anxiety coming back. And I think that normalizing that is part of your message. And I think it's really beautiful. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Yeah. I really uh, admire you so much. Okay. So you pivoted, you made the podcast and you did, I, I want to hear, I was a part of it, but tell us about the fundraiser that you did. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> so I think that, I think a big part of kind of our learning and our journey, and we have gotten some pushbacks from it, um, is this idea that like, yes, we're meditation teachers. We're all about the Zen. We, that's like, our goal is to find peace. Um, and I like to say peace, not perfection. Um, and then we also have this podcast where we talk about like big, dark things. Mm -hmm. And for some people, it's difficult to kind of, um, understand how we can do both and why we're interested in doing both and I think that really for us a lot of it is we when we meditate we're not meditating to push down all of our feelings all of our emotions we're not meditating to get to this place where we can uh, no longer see all the suffering in the world and that we no longer see the people that are struggling um, for us, part of our journey has been getting to this place of Zen so that we can constructively do things about the people that are suffering, the people that are struggling, so that we can be in like a supported heart space so that we have more to give of our hearts. Like if our hearts are full and nourished because we're doing that through through wellness, through meditation, through taking mm -hmm. care of ourselves, through going to therapy, then we have so much more room in our heart space to give to people. And so when we do come across things that are wrong in the world that need to be righted, we can speak out about those things mm -hmm. um, because we need to like helping other people in our world, um, help, whether it's them telling their story on our podcast or whether it's doing something like a fundraiser, it only raises our collective peace like we'll only all feel better because we're healing everyone mm -hmm. what comes to mind for me is the mantra meditation and activism yes yeah mm -hmm. and so we had um i come across this girl named annie on tiktok and she so um i'm guessing that a lot of your listeners are in the states so i'll just super quickly um kind of in the Arctic North of Canada live the Inuit. They're an indigenous culture. They have gone through horrible residential school. Their culture, their language, everything has been systematically uh, tried to be wiped out for so long. They've been sent to kind of the most desolate parts of our country and told to survive. And they've done it. And then it's been, you know, even that's been destroyed. Uh, so there's just so many ways uh, you can, we, if people want to learn more about that, we actually have a lot of resources about that mm -hmm. in the show notes on the episode where we talk with, her name's Annie Buscemi. So people can check that out if they want to learn a little bit more about that. I won't go down the rabbit hole of that because I could talk about it forever. But um, so basically uh, this in Nunavut, which is the uh, which is one of the provinces uh, or territories, um, the resources is, there's very few resources, and the resources that are there have an extreme wait wait list um, for mental health resources. for mental re mental health resources. It can be someone could go in and say I'm suicidal, and they could be put on an eight month wait list to see a counselor. And because of pandemic, because of uh, Arctic storms, because of all of these things, the counselor might not even be able to get there. So there might not actually be a counselor. I so, know that with that, if people are being left untreated, I imagine the suicide rate is 
high. I'm assuming astronomical. it's astronomical. Um, it is the highest suicide rate in the world. In the world, in this little community. Um, and there's so many reasons that go into this. Uh, there's like another part of it is that uh, they've been condemned, like it's been, uh, they've not been allowed to hunt for their traditional foods and then they import foods and it could cost you $125 for a lasagna to like eat a lasagna. It could cost you $75 to make yourself a salad. Oh my gosh. That is yeah. just like, so there's the accessibility to not only mental health, but food, like basic needs. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, I can't remember the exact statistics. At one point I knew them offhand, but there's like extreme food insecurity, extreme alienation from their own culture, extreme limited accessibility to mental health support. So it's absolutely horrible. And our right. government just lets this continue. So it's similar to United States. I mean, think about the Native Americans in the United States. I mean, I think it's it's the same thing. It's yeah. I mean, it's so tragic. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I well, no, 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 mind is like I remember studying in social work school, like the child welfare system and how child welfare would come in to these native to these tribes and rip away children because they didn't agree with the culture's practices or traditions because they didn't know it. They weren't, yeah. they weren't culturally competent people. So they're yeah. like, this doesn't look the way that a Protestant white person raises their kids. So I'm going to rip this kid. It, it's so tragic. And we could go down that wormhole. Forever. We could go down that. <laughs> we won't, but there's tons of, if you want to go down that rabbit hole with us, uh, you can reach out. We can give you a ton of resources. It's something that we've been definitely spending hours and hours and hours researching and learning and unlearning because there's mm -hmm. so many biases just by being raised where we've been raised. But there's a woman, uh, an Inuit woman named Annie, and she started posting reasons for Inuit people to stay, sorry, uh, for them to stay alive because they don't have mental health care access. And it was so touching and so beautiful. Um, just her doing what she could, trying to keep her friends and family alive legitimately and she's such a beautiful person and it comes across so so incredibly in every one of her videos she's so sincere so beautiful so authentic yeah and so people had been so i had found her on tiktok actually um which is why i actually love that app for the amount that it can educate people but uh i had found her on tiktok and then people started sending us her videos every single day in our inbox someone would send us like on instagram oh hey i think you'd really like this girl you guys should talk to this girl i think you'd really like her and so i reached out and i said hey i don't like we have this podcast i want to share a message i want to i want to show people you and what you're doing and the, your situation and how you're just trying to keep your friends alive like let's let's do this so we interviewed her for our podcast and then we couldn't sleep for like a week straight. <laughs> we interviewed her, we, we learned more, we hadn't fully understood the ramifications or how big the problem was. And then we both had these conversations where we're like, how do we sleep? How do we like eat? Like, how do we just go about our normal lives? Like realizing mm -hmm. this, we can't just Push carry it. on as normal we can't and there are these situations in life where you're given I think you're given a choice the universe says like either you can choose to go to the left and and push this down and pretend it doesn't exist or you can go to the right and try try to do something about it mm -hmm. so that's what we did <laughs> um yeah and so we basically decided to do a fundraiser and we had no idea what it was going to look like and <laughs> we were like well maybe we could just have people talk about self-care maybe we could uh because we wanted it to be something that would benefit our community as well mm -hmm. because we knew that people were going through really difficult times with having just been in pandemic we knew that a lot of people that we were connected with were struggling with mm -hmm. depression and just a lack of self-care mm -hmm. and then it exploded yeah and we ended up with having over 
20 28 yeah okay 28 incredible presenters one of which was you yeah Um, you were so gracious to be a part of it with us it was incredible and had just so many different incredible presenters all coming in and chatting about different aspects of self-care and leading different classes and workshops and just exploring all of these different avenues and adding tools to everyone's toolbox so that they can really start kind of taking care of themselves during these difficult times. Yes. And then a hundred percent of the proceeds, we sold tickets for it. A hundred percent of the proceeds are going towards a helpline Mm -hmm. that's been created in Nunavut by an amazing woman. Because the other problem is that in a lot of these smaller communities, English is not the first language and they have access to like the crisis line, but they don't speak English. Mm. Like English isn't their language. So there wasn't a resource in their actual own language which is like a huge part of the cultural understanding as well yeah with the cultural understanding and it's a huge part like that's a huge part of the problem is trusting white people yeah so yeah yeah um so we were able to raise over two thousand dollars that we're going to be on the first of february sending Mm -hmm. off to this amazing organization so they can train some more inuit uh speaking volunteers volunteers yeah oh i'm so proud of you both and what you brought again like going back to the mantra of meditation and activism i think you know a lot of us who are sensitive and feel things part of being an activist is that self-care. So I think it aligns so beautifully, so perfectly, even just hearing that podcast that you guys recorded, um, which I highly recommend people checking out with her. I mean, I remember being on my walk and just wanting to like go to my knees, like, and just sob. Like I just, I felt so deeply for this person and the situation and the things that were so out of her control in her community that like, I, how could you not do anything? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> yeah. of course you didn't sleep, you know? So I, I relate to you so much. And I think it's really inspiring when people put themselves out there and really make it, make activism out of it and advocacy and do something about it rather than just saying like, isn't that sad? And I, I don't know, I feel so sad about it. I feel so sorry for myself because I feel so sad about it. Like you, you transmuted that into something. So super proud of you. Um, I want to pivot a little bit. Thank you so much for doing that work. Uh, But since you are these sort of meditation gurus, if you will, um, if someone's starting out with meditation, I recommend it in therapy all the time, but obviously like I can lead a horse to water. What would, what advice would you give to new people who wanted, who were meditation curious? Oh, okay. So that is like a huge portion of our community. So this is totally our jam. People that are kind of just dipping their toes into meditation and exploring it. There's a few things that we find come up so often in our meditation classes and chatting with these people in our community. And I think one of the most important things is to be gentle with yourself and to not have this picture of what meditation is quote unquote supposed to look like Mm -hmm. so many people that have come in have said oh but I can't I can't sit perfectly still for an hour or my mind wanders sometimes so like I I just can't meditate like oh my gosh like I I just can't do this I must have been so distracting because I fidgeted three times and we're saying it's totally perfect. It's normal it's your journey it's an exploration Mm -hmm. and you just have to sit with whatever your body and your mind kind of have for you that day in your meditation. Yeah. And there's so many different styles of meditation. We often think of like, you know, sitting Zen Mm -hmm. for two hours solid, and that's not what it has to look like at all. Mm -hmm. Um, It can be meditation and movement. It can be listening to binaural beats. It can be uh, mantras. It can be affirmations, Mm -hmm. like whatever you explore, explore, explore. If there's a style that's not working for you, try something else. Mm -hmm. Um, You're not, you're not going to win meditation. So just, (laughs) and you're not going to get any further in your journey by beating yourself up along the way either. So be compassionate with yourself and just start out small, just small little chunks that you can fit in that 
Yeah. Even just getting mindful with yourself while you're washing your dishes or you're like, I don't know, making dinner, you're like paying attention to where you are now, what Mm -hmm. you're doing, instead of thinking about what you're supposed to do tomorrow, just taking these little mindful moments where you can, you know, I'm sauteing these beans, like, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Is that the best I could come up with? But like, (laughs) Pressure, you're, you're under pressure on the spot. Do you even saute? You don't even really saute beans. I mean, I don't maybe know. if you're like cooking them to put in a fajita, like I don't, I'm not really sure what you're sauteing your beans for, but anyways. But basically just being, just being, allowing yourself to be in the present moment without trying to distract yourself mm-hmm. constantly and then giving yourself a break and yeah. not beating yourself up, trying trying a couple minutes a day and then increasing and then also finding a community is has been really really powerful there are so many different and if you go to one and you don't feel welcome or you don't feel accepted you don't it's nothing wrong with you no, don't stay you yeah well this yeah so yeah. much can be applied to therapy too like people who are not familiar with therapy or scared and like they one size doesn't fit all right like so i think it's like the same sort of self-compassion being open I remember when I started my meditation journey, it was like, I think after college, my mom loves New Mexico. She goes to Taos for this writing conference and she came back and my mom is a highly anxious person. I, God love her, but she came back and looked so different. And I was like, what happened? And she's like, have you ever done meditation? I'm like, no. And, but the way she looked and like, I, I was like, I have to do this. And then I found a community here in San Diego since then it, it, shut down, but there was like this little temple in Hillcrest. And I used to go to it and pay $20 to go meditate with these people. And it was, it's kind of like yoga for me. Like I do so much better when it's like a group collective Mm. time and place space sort of thing that we can do, but that's not to say that's the only way that's just how I was introduced to. And I think community, like you said, I don't know if you guys use insight timer, but that's another, that's a great app where You can do these guided meditations or timing meditations. And then afterwards, what pops up is all the people you were meditating with. Practicing with other people. Yeah. We're actually on insight timer. You can look us up as wellness on the farm. (laughs) We've got quite a few in there. Okay. Doing that. Definitely. You guys check them out on insight timer. That is so awesome. Um, yeah. Yeah. So cool. So that's really good advice. Yeah. The one thing I will say, and, um, and this is kind of where you come in is that a lot of the times what people really fear about meditation is meeting their mind in meditation and having their mind replay to them, the traumas that they've experienced, the things that haven't gone well. Right. And meditation isn't here to solve all those problems to work through all of those traumas it can put you in a really beautiful mindset to be able to begin the difficult work of of working through trauma but that's why we definitely do have conversations with counselors and therapists because if you're really struggling in meditation and you're very concerned about what your mind might come up with mm-hmm. while you're meditating, it's beautiful to pair up meditation and therapy. And sometimes people will have these kind of realizations that there is something deeper that they need to work through. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've definitely had people who have come to us and said, you know, this is, I've, I've struggled with this really difficult thing. And where we've kind of had to say like, this isn't our, we're not therapists. We're not like, this isn't our wheelhouse, but you might, it might be beneficial if you teamed meditation up with some mental health support as well. Mm -hmm. So I just wanted to put that out as a caveat because I think it's something that people don't really realize, but is really important to note. (laughs) Yeah. And if you can be aware of that and you, you guys like blow me away as human beings, because you're referring people out, you're, you're recognizing like, this is my lane. This is where I am. And I'm probably not the most appropriate person to talk to about it. And it's self-preservation for you. The thing about therapy and being a therapist is a lot of my clients crave structure and boundaries. They didn't have a lot of that growing up or for whatever reason. And so for you also to kind of lovingly have those boundaries about where you do stand, not only are you benefiting from that and you can be happier, healthier people, but they're also able to be moved in a direction that they need to go in terms of mental health treatment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. yeah. We're always here for support, but we do, we do recommend, like we do, yeah. we're on the bandwagon with <laughs> people also having mental health support. <laughs> I love it. And I think that brings me to my next, my final question, which is how I end every podcast. I want to hear from each of you why you think therapy is cool. Mm, okay. Um, I will, I will answer that first. I think therapy, I think therapy, therapy is awesome. Um, okay. One of the reasons I think it's really cool is having that outside perspective, that person who isn't fully wrapped up and ingrained in all of the things that are going on in your life. And that can sit with you and talk with you and walk you through that and offer some different perspectives that somebody that's like a more, you know, a bigger part of your everyday life might not be able to see. And some of the incredible tools that can come out of those conversations that have proved to be useful for like decades after. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. So I think therapy is cool is I once had a therapist look me straight in the eyes and say like, did you know you're supposed to love yourself? Oh, Stop. And I didn't, I didn't at that point in my life, I did not know. I like, I, I, I deep down, if I look at it deep down in my soul, I thought that everyone just disliked themselves mm-hmm. fundamentally. Um, and it's been through therapy combined with sort of holistic work as well. So through like therapy, meditation, um, movement of my body mm-hmm. that I've been able to come to a place of just self-love and it's incredible and I think it's so cool that there are modality there's a modality out there that can help teach you to that loving yourself is amazing and it I wouldn't I I can't even it's a feeling that is undescribable Thank you so much for sharing. It's life-changing. I hope yeah. you both can come to my self-love workshop because not only will you like gain, like, to, you know, talk to people, but then you can share your knowledge. Like, I think it is like, the fundamental basis of healing is that self-love portion until, because you, you can't transform and you can't, um, you, you can't meet your goals at, from like a rejection standpoint. So that self-love is so important. And so I'm glad that you both are here for it yeah and- we're here for it we would love oh, to come yeah. to your self-love workshop Yay, that's so awesome so how can how can folks find you ah okay so they can head over to our website it's just the on the farm.ca um you can kind of find all of the other places we are from there. That's a great jumping off point, mm-hmm. but we're on, I think all the social media platforms as at wellness on the farm. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we're pretty straightforward and simple. And our podcast is the struggle is real. Beautiful. Thank and you. you'll see on our podcast, you'll see there's, <laughs> a, there's another couple of podcasts that are called the struggle is real, but you'll see us meditating in the middle of a road on the cover <laughs> oh, art. Yeah. So Look for the meditation in the middle of the road, Um, but I'll definitely link it to the show notes. Thank you so much for bringing your energy, your presence. Y'all are my heroes and I love and appreciate you so much. Thank you so much. much. You are incredible. And I'm so glad that we connected. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. I think it's really important that we spend time for ourselves and I really appreciate you taking the time to you know maybe relax and listen to a podcast and engage in self-care if you want to find out more please go to therapyiscoolpodcast.com or you can find me on Instagram at Molly Zive Therapy all right everyone take care